The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Jr. Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Well, welcome back for another week of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. My name is Chris Falco with Brandon Wheat Kings. He's Brandon Crow, voice of the Wheat Kings on Q Country. Crow, how was the road trip? It was all right, actually. It didn't start great with the loss in Edmonton, but finished real strong with wins over a couple of tough teams in Calgary, Medicine Hat. That game Saturday in Medicine Hat was real entertaining. The score, probably a little closer than it should have been. It was 4-1 at one point. Tigers made it interesting, but uh, at the end of the day, they finished the trip 500, and uh, certainly uh, getting points was important. Winnipeg, PA, Saskatoon keeps winning. Uh, just a, a road trip. They come home 500. I think the coaching staff will be be happy with it. You know, I should have specified. I said, how was the road trip? Not not oh. how was the games? Well, then the food was good. Uh, the <laughs> right? hotels were good. Yeah, the, the I got a haircut. You had a great steak steak sandwich. Yeah. Right. Found a nice barbecue. Yeah, we went and did that in oh, Red Deer. We did. The whole team had steak sandwiches that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did. We had some uh, some good food and uh, the travel was really good. We based good. in Red Deer, so not a whole lot of time on the bus. Just a. But a nice schedule when it comes to travel, and uh, no, it was a, it was a good trip. It was plus thirteen in Medicine Hat the one day we were there, so uh, it, was it was like plus six here on the Saturday too. So you guys missed some good weather here. It was nice. Uh, obviously, the month of January is now in the books for Brandon. They flipped over to February, and Ben McCartney has quietly gone about his business, and he finished the month of January with fourteen points. Mm-hmm. Now, the stat that stands out to me is Luca Burzan, eleven goals in twelve games in the month of January. The offense has been there for Brandon. They've outscored their opponents forty six to 24. The goalies have been excellent as well. Five shutouts in the month of January. Yuri Patera with four on his own this month. Well, and you talked about Luca Burzan. He's piling on the goals. I'm just going to pull it up here, check really quick, because uh, for a while, oh yeah, he didn't Calgary mess and had. He didn't have an assist going in, in, I know. in either. He just kept scoring, but somehow he wasn't getting any assists until he finally added a couple there on the weekend. But uh, yeah, no, the, he is just lighting it up. But uh, Ben is actually going to be honored at the game this Friday as the Telus Player of the Month for the for the month he had. He was uh, real good as well. Finished plus seven of his four goals. One of them was a game winner. Uh, it's just been real good offensive. We touched on the goalies, and you asked me to pull up the shutout stats. Uh, Yuri Patera, now uh, on his career, six career shutouts, uh, moving his way up the list. He's now tied with Jeff McIntosh on that franchise uh, list for shutouts. The lead is a tie between Tyler Plant and Jordan Paperni with 12 each. Might be tough to reach for Yuri Patera, but he just keeps climbing the ladder. There's some pretty good names on that list of goalies that have kept the puck out. Well, and thanks for sending it to me. So, like, right above Jeff, you know, who has the six, you got uh, Byron Penstock, who's sitting at seven. Then you got Glenn Hanlon and Jamie Hodson, who sit at eight apiece, which, uh, realistically, you know, if Yuri keeps playing the way he is, it's not out of the realm of possibility to add another couple. But it's also crazy to think about how long it took him to get to this spot like he went a long time without posting any shutouts so uh, hopefully he can put up at least a couple more and just for his own sake climb up further on that list yeah he's been excellent and uh, you know with Ethan Kruger hurt as well he got hurt on the first shift in Red Deer uh, and Yuri had to come on in relief and uh, you know he posted an 8-2-1 record in the month of January with four shutouts uh, it's been an impressive run for him uh, and uh, an impressive run for Connor Gutenberg as well and that's our guest this week on episode 7 of the Weekly Harvest Friday night against the Medicine Hat Tigers 
Tigers will be game number 300 for Connor Gutenberg. And I don't think you'll find uh, a guy who loves this city and loves this team more than Connor Gutenberg. I had a great chat with him today. Uh, a, a real honor. Unfortunately for him, he had a couple of injuries. Had it not been for a couple of injuries early on, he'd have been the runaway franchise leader with games played. Uh, but uh, right now, game 300 on the, on the horizon Friday night. It's definitely a huge milestone, one that, I mean, obviously we're excited to, to help celebrate him and knock on the table as well because we're, we're, we're not there yet. But, uh, yeah, a fantastic milestone. And, and like you talked about, just the, the, the character of the individual himself um, and how he's progressed from that Game 1 to Game 300. Uh, it's just been phenomenal to, to, to be able to watch that in person and uh, really glad that we got to sit down with Connor Gutenberg. So here it is, the captain of your Brandon Wee King, sitting down with myself and Brandon Crow, just actually recorded earlier today in the Wee King boardroom. Welcome back. Episode 7 of the Weekly Harvest. Uh, as, uh, we sit again in the Wheat King boardroom, this time chatting with a guy who's going to hit a milestone this week. The captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Connor Gutenberg, approaching Game 300 of his Western Hockey League career, uh, will be just one of 10 players in franchise history to ever hit the mark. And, uh, Goody, it seems like uh, just yesterday that you were starting your Western Hockey League career. Can you believe that Friday is your 300th game? Uh, no, not really. It's it's pretty hard to believe. Um, you know, I remember, you know, my 16 year like it was yesterday, and you know, you hear uh, older guys uh, before you uh, tell you how how fast it goes by, and um, I mean, they're not wrong. You, obviously, you're a guy that uh, has been, you know, kind of a heart and soul player for this team, and unfortunately for you, a couple of injuries, or otherwise, you'd have been the runaway leader with games played. We'll go back to your rookie year, old, uh, rookie year, 16 years old, 44 games. Uh, with your size, at any point, did you maybe feel a little bit uh, overwhelmed or undersized a little bit as a 16 year old uh, coming into the league? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, uh, you definitely feel like. I mean, I was the, a smaller guy, but it's kind of the the thing throughout my whole uh, life and whole career. So it was something that I was kind of used to. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely overwhelming seeing uh, some of the D-men uh, that year. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. So now let's let's go back even further here, Goody. You're a local product. What was one of your very first things that, looking back, that you remember with the Wheat Kings? Was it going to a certain game? Was it, like, the teddy bear toss game? Was, was Is there something that you remember, like, your first experience with the Wheat Kings? Um, the, I remember actually the very first game I ever went to. Um, we were in town here looking for for a house to to buy. We were moving to Brandon from from Estevan, and uh, I remember we went to to a game that that weekend. We were here kind of looking for houses, and uh, the Weekings lost ten two to the Calgary Hitmen, and that's the first game I ever remember going to. So, um, but yeah, I, I, we had season tickets growing up uh, when I was a kid. Uh, we got to every game that that I could. Obviously, it was a little harder when um, I started playing hockey, and we we played on the weekends and all that stuff. But uh, we got to every game that that we could. Who do you remember watching growing up? Like, who were some of the guys that you idolized? And maybe when you and your brother were playing street hockey, you were trying to pretend to be. Um, the two guys that I remember the most would be uh, Braden Shen and Matt Calvert. Um, that's kind of you know the age I was at, uh, where I really you know have a good memory of um i mean obviously that they those two played on the memorial cup team uh, that was another thing that that i remember a lot um we went to to every game in that tournament so uh, those are the two guys that that i remember the most you've had a couple of real interesting experiences in your career obviously the memorial cup and the league championship but uh you never really got an opportunity to play with your brother at the western hockey league level but he did be an emergency backup one night. Do you remember that night, and and uh, how did that all play out uh, for him? 
I do remember that. That was actually the teddy bear toss tonight, I think, uh, that he was the, the backup. But um, I think uh, Logan Thompson got hurt, I think, that uh, that day or something like that. And uh, I guess, yeah, they just called my brother for, for the emergency backup. I can't remember where he was. Uh, he might have been playing with Nipo. I was going to say, either Nipo or Estevan at the time. Yeah. Been, yeah. yeah, I can't remember. But, um, yeah, they called him and... Uh, yeah, he he came. That was pretty cool. That's the only time I've even had the chance to play with him. So I think he was there for a couple of games. But um, yeah, that was really cool. With you being here now over the five years and going through the three different coaching staffs, is there a lot more similarities between Dave Lowry and Kelly McCrimmon than say when Dave Adney took over? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you know Dave and Kelly are are pretty similar. Um, I mean, they stress the same things. I mean, it's it's work ethic before before anything. Um, you know, they, they stress the details, the habits, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they have a lot of experience uh, between the two of them. Um, and, I mean, they're, they're winners. They, they know how to win. They know what they want from, from a winning team, and they know what it looks like. So, um, I mean, with those two, the biggest thing is um, I think you know that the guy beside you in the room is, is going to put everything on the line, and, and every night he's going to come to play. Um, and I think that, that gives you some confidence knowing that, you know, the guy besides doing that, and the guy beside him is going to do that too. If we were, oh, go ahead. If we were to go back in your 16-year-old year in the locker room, and we were to ask the other players on the team, who is going to be the captain here in the next uh, four years? I don't think your name would have come up simply because you were a very you know, shy, kind of quiet kid. Just kind of tell us how you've come out of your shell and and become kind of Captain Connor over the last couple of seasons here. Um, well, I think uh, you know it's it's looking at all the all the captains that I've I've played with or played for um I mean they've all they're all tremendous people um I mean the five of them that that I played for um you know they all obviously all have different personalities and um you know some are quieter than others and obviously I'm I'm one of those quiet guys but um you learn how those quieter guys you know led by example um and I think that's the biggest thing is just taking something from from those guys. There are some guys that'll play five years in this Western Hockey League and never even get a chance to play in the playoffs, let alone win a championship like you did at 16 years old. Does it see, did it really seem real at the time that all of a sudden you know it's your first crack at it and bingo, you're a champion? What was that all like for you? That had to be a real cool experience for you. Yeah, for sure, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, I mean, I think going into the year that you know there's an expectation. Uh, that that team had and and obviously the the returning guys that you know lost the year before in the finals they they had a goal in mind and and coming into you know being a rookie on that team um it just kind of forced you to to bring you into the the plan that they had um and yeah i mean you realize now i mean obviously i i probably didn't you know realize that as a 16 year old how hard it was um i mean it's been it's been four years since then and you know i've I've got to the second round uh, as the farthest I've got. So, um, yeah, I think you might have taken that for granted, but it was something that, that I'll never forget. When you look back, too, at that team and you compare it to other teams now around the league, it was probably one of the more special teams to be a part of in the last even decade with the names and what the guys have gone on to do since. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, it's something that, that I'll never forget, um, you know, to play with, you know, the guys on that team. Um, I mean, you look at them now, and they're all, you know, having success in the pro pro level, and um, yeah, it was unbelievable. You touched on pro hockey a little bit. Uh, I know that you know with the way hockey's going, a smaller guy isn't necessarily uh, a guy that 
you know can't make it like it was 10 15 years ago for you is that your plan to try and go pro do you want to go to europe or do you want to follow you know some buddies like james shearer go to college what's your plan here moving forward um i'm just kind of you know focusing on on the rest of this year and not really worrying about that too much um i mean i know lots of guys i mean obviously my brother's uh playing cis too so um i mean every every guy that i've talked to um that that went that road is is loving every minute of it there um i mean i've never i haven't heard a bad thing to say about about that route so um i know that you know either way um it's gonna it's gonna end up well your parents have kind of followed you around your whole career and it seems like it doesn't matter where we are your dad seems to pop up <laughs> at every rink we go to and actually here's a funny story so i'm in charge of getting the comp tickets uh, requests into the teams when we go out on the road so usually don mcgilvery will send a text to the guys and say does anybody need tickets for tonight we usually get eight for every building and then he relays it to me and i pass it on well i forgot in medicine hat to tell the lady who was uh trying to get tickets and uh, all of a sudden warm-ups was on and i get a tap on the shoulder uh, there's a joe gutenberg trying to get in the door <laughs> so I texted your dad and said oh my I'm sorry Joe I forgot and he said don't worry I snuck in the back door <laughs> so your dad just gave up and went snuck in the fire exit to watch the game but uh, they've come everywhere uh, to watch your career all the way up to Prince George and over the US that's got to be pretty cool to have them watch you through your whole career yeah it's it's amazing I mean um, yeah to, to have them you know along with um, with me this this whole way basically um I mean, they're a big reason why why I'm here in the first place. Um, I mean, they've you know instilled a, a work ethic in me um, right from day one, and um, yeah, I owe it a lot to them uh, to why I'm here. And I'm assuming because I mean, we met your parents too. Not just your work ethic, but one of my roles here is taking new players out in the community, and we do all these different community appearances. Uh, last year, we gave you the community award because you volunteered for more events than anybody. Being a local guy, is that something that even more so is a reason why you feel like you want to do that? Or is it because your parents instilling not just your work ethic, but like the sense of pride in the community? Because it seems like whatever we ask you to do, and not just these interviews, but anything in the community, you're always like one of the first guys to put his hand up. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, being a local kid um, has a lot to do with that. Um, my parents also, you know, stress to stress for me to get out in the community and and uh you know as a kid i i remember you know week kings coming to to elementary school and um doing the patrol lunches the read to succeed so um you know i remember i remember every time i i got to see a week king when i was a kid so um i think that's a big reason i know how how special it is for kids to to see us out in the community let's go back to your rookie year do you remember your first goal who was it against and uh, was it pretty was it ugly or do you remember it at all yeah, I remember it. It was uh, against Kootenay's 13th goal of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, Garrett Armour passed it to me. I was kind of trailing. It was a three-on-two, I think, or a four-on-two. And, um, yeah, I just shot it from the slot, and it was yeah, it was the 13th goal of the game. So, <laughs> Was yeah. that one in Kootenay, or was it here? No, it was here in Brandon. Oh, that okay, was, was that weekend. Uh, I think there was, yeah, you guys oh, scored a ton of back-to-back. Back, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you remember any goal more than others? Do, do you have a favorite goal you've scored, or maybe favorite celebration or anything along those lines? Because you scored um, the teddy bear toss goal once, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was That's that was up there, there, yeah, for sure. Um, that was pretty cool. Um I scored one goal in in my first playoffs um game three against Edmonton. Um that was probably um the most important goal I've scored in my career, so that's that's definitely uh 
one that I'll, I'll remember the most probably. Obviously, this team is is rolling right along here right now, and aside from a couple of losses on this last road trip, uh, the team wraps up with back-to-back wins over Calgary Medicine Hat, two pretty good teams. Uh, obviously, the season's winding down, and, and right now you're in a battle for first, second, third. Home ice would be huge, and I know this probably means more to you than maybe some of the guys, but you know, in my four years, you know, pretty much mirroring your career, this team's played one home playoff game. You know, in the last four years, so being that loss in Game Five against Lethbridge, every other game's been in Dauphin. Do you realize how important it is to get home ice advantage, and is that something you guys are talking about in the room? Is is trying to get to that second spot to bring playoff hockey back to the fans here? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's extremely important for us. I mean, probably more so than than other teams. Um, I mean, if we don't get first night or home ice advantage in the first round, it's you know you're essentially playing every game on the road. So, um, I mean, in front of our fans, um, it's it's that much more important. I mean, they. They bring some energy, and it's it's more exciting to to play at home. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something we're we're talking about, and uh, you know we're trying hard to get home ice. Uh, a couple of quick questions. We'll go back and forth. Keep your answers short. I want to start with who is the best and worst guy to room with over your career? Best and worst. You don't have to go into why, but best and worst guy. Um, I had a lot of fun with Kane Daly rooming on the road. You could say. Uh, Tyler Coulter was a snorer. <laughs> I can see that. Um, yeah. We'll so go with that. that. Daily the best, Coulter the worst. <laughs> Coulter the worst. <laughs> Who gave the best pregame speeches in the locker room of all the captains you played for? Uh, McCoy or Camps. Yeah, he was probably the best speaker. Yeah. Who uh, of your former teammates do you stay closest with? Uh, guys maybe you train with in the summer or guys that you talk to on a regular basis? Um, all the local guys. Um, obviously, I see them. We all train at the same same gym. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the closest. Who is the hardest player to play against in your career in the Western Hockey League? Hardest guy to defend against? Um, Glenn Godden was was a tough one. Swift Current, yeah. yeah, that was back in their championship year. He was a yeah. monster that year. Yeah, who's the toughest player you've played with? Uh, McCorder Camps. You led the team in fighting majors a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, of the fighting majors, how many of them did you start? Or how many of them were your idea? Do you remember? Of mine? Yeah, of your fights in the last couple of years. How many of them did you actually start and not just come in and, and, and help out or have no choice? Um, I'd say two. <laughs> so you're yeah. a guy that just you just answer the bell. Some yeah. guy says, we're going, you're going. Yeah. <laughs> We always thought, Pete and I always joked, that there's no way Connor Gutenberg should lead this team in fighting majors. He's the smallest guy on the ice. No, because he's the, he's the captain. Exactly. He's the guy who steps up, right, when when's going down. Uh, a couple more. Um, who is uh, the uh, the quirkiest slash strangest uh, routine on a game day over the last couple of years? Um, the goalies are always... that's uh, Yeah, goalies are always weird in that way. So is LT the weirdest? Yeah. <laughs> Because um, I saw some of his pregame stuff, I just yeah, was... they were all weird and in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. That's a good answer. They're all last... just they're all just different. Yeah, Go- all yeah. just, goalies yeah. are a different breed. It's eh? a different breed. Uh, lastly, uh, what is your favorite moment uh, of being a Brandon Weeking? Obviously, the championship has to be up there. But if you had to, you know, think about one moment and and, and put it all into into one picture and hang it above the the mantle, what would uh, your favorite moment be? Um, that whole playoff run when I was. Uh, 16 that championship run and um yeah it's something that um i've said it already i'll never forget and uh 
Yeah, that was it was unbelievable to be part of. Do you see any similarities between that 2016 championship team and this team? Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, you can see it in the room. I think guys are, you know, really excited. They get excited when guys are blocking shots. They get excited when, you know, guys are contributing when, when you know, they don't necessarily always contribute every night. So um, I think in that way, it's it's really similar. Um, I mean, the guys just love being around each other and, and they're really happy for each other when, when they see someone have some success. Well, Goody, we appreciate you doing this. Uh, congrats on 300 games. We know you've got a few more left in the tank here before the regular season comes to a close. Uh, appreciate you doing this, and uh, best of luck the rest of the way. All right. Thanks, guys. Air is the captain of your Brandon Wee Kings, five-year veteran with the team, Connor Gutenberg. And, you know, Connor's one of those guys that, like we talked about in the interview, he's been here now for, for five seasons, but he was the last now, the last player who was on that championship team. And when you look at the current playoff race, just how special it would be for a guy like that who, uh, not only the hometown guy, but he knows what this crowd can turn into when you do get late in the playoffs, um, and you think that he's got to be pushing hard considering where we are sitting in the standings right now. Yeah, we were sitting around as a staff uh, in the hotel, uh, I believe we were in Red Deer, and we are kind of just breaking down the game a little bit, and, and Don McGilvery had made an interesting point. Dave Lowry said, uh, you know, Connor Gutenberg's been playing some good hockey, and Dave or Donnie McGilvery said, you watch, Connor Gutenberg is going to play his best hockey of the season here in the next three, four, five weeks as the regular season winds down. A, because I think he can kind of see it all coming to an end and he's going to want to finish on a good note. And B, because he understands the importance of playoff hockey in Brandon. And if he's a guy that can just take it, put it on his back, and help get this team into a home ice advantage playoff spot in that East Division, you know that there is no place he'd rather be. He doesn't want to go to Dauphin. He doesn't want to go play in Verdun. He wants to play here. And I don't know if there's a player that would appreciate it as much as he does. Uh, and and that, I just thought that was interesting. And, and I hope that you know Don's thoughts you know, ring true, and he does play his best hockey here down the stretch. You look back at that playoff run, he only had two points, but he played in 20 playoff games. He was only minus one on a line with Lyndon McCorister and Ty Lewis. All three turned into pretty good players. That was a great rookie line right there. So obviously Connor is uh, you know going to be honored on Friday for his 300th game. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, with that on the franchise list, uh, he'll move into a tie with Randy Ponte. Uh, 300 games played. I joked with Goody that Randy Ponte had 1,234 penalty minutes and Goody only has 107. He's got some <laughs> catching up to do there. He's going to have to start to be in a bit of a goon here if he wants to even try <laughs> and close that gap. Uh, the schedule here is still pretty road heavy through the month of February, but the next handful of home games are pretty important for the Brandon Wheat Kings, not only in the standings, which is where I think we should maybe look next because right now that east division is absolutely uh, jam-packed right now brandon 58 points they're one back of winnipeg right now brandon needs to get at least into the two spot to guarantee home ice advantage and there was a one point in the weekend when i reloaded this and we were in the second wild card spot so i mean things are very very close right now i mean you got the blade sitting at 54 points right now they have that second wild card spot the hitman at 59 they're one point ahead of the weekings but because of the whole uh east and uh, and, and central they're they're sitting that first wild card but you're right you know the weekings in one point back of winnipeg winnipeg does have that game in hand uh pa the last 10 games they got seven wins so the they're they're you know back. Um, they had that uh, big losing streak around Christmas time, but since then they've they've kind of turned it back around again. So uh, it's uh, it's t- time is uh, time is tough right now to to get any points uh, out of these teams uh, as we've kind of seen. So you know you can look back at that Red Deer game. 
yeah, the team wishes they would have got those two points as well. Even a single point, because Red Deer won it with 33 seconds left. Yeah, a single point would have been huge, right? All of a sudden you get five out of eight. But still, you go into Alberta, you get four out of eight points. Um, If you would have looked ahead of time what games those four points would have come, you probably would have been surprised to hear that it was in Medicine Hat. Uh, But that's the way the guys have been playing, right? So when the high-scoring teams, uh, they played very well against them. So now we're looking back and getting a home ice and hopefully get some more points here again. Realistically, if you look in the Eastern Conference right now, the eight teams that will be in the playoffs are pretty much set. Red Deer has 39 points. They're pretty much on the outside looking in. So realistically, right now, if the playoffs were to start, Lethbridge would play Medicine Hat. Winnipeg would play Brandon, but Winnipeg would have home ice. Prince Albert would end up uh, taking on uh, the Calgary Hitmen in the first round, and Edmonton would play the Saskatoon Blades. Those are pretty much going to be the eight teams, guaranteed. Unless the Red Deer Rebels go on a miraculous run here, um, those are going to be the eight teams that make it. Right now, it's just a matter of where they're going to finish. And even in the Central, Medicine Hat's just one point back of Lethbridge for second. So this final stretch run of hockey here through February and March, real important in this Eastern Conference, you cannot give up points any night at all. And uh, Friday night, a special night, not only for Goody, but uh, a cool set of jerseys and a, a cool promotion, um, which we've seen the last couple of years, but uh, a bit of a different look this year for the third jerseys. Yeah, so it's uh, the third year of doing the WHL Suits Up uh, with Remax for organ donation. So it's going to be a great night. I mean, we got the special theme jerseys this year. They're a Hockey Night in Canada theme jersey. Uh, they're all going to be auctioned off with all the proceeds that night going to the Kidney Foundation. So that, that, that's a great fundraiser. For the fans on top of getting to see that, which is always fun, you got the Ron and Don dual bobbleheads. So the first 3,000 fans will have a chance to win one of 1,000 bobbleheads. Uh, when you get in the door, you'll get one of three colors of the cards. And again, we'll play Plinko during the first TV timeout and, to decide, and decide, uh, what the winning color is going to be. But, uh, it's always a very special night. One very cool to be a part of. Uh, plus, of course, we you know we are going to be honoring, uh, Connor that night. Um, but to even the next Friday on the 14th, we're also going to be honoring Connor, but this is more of the actual ceremony that you do, you know, after he plays his 300th game. So that'll be a very special one, uh, to help recognize Connor Gutenberg. Plus on the 14th, it's Guild Insurance and HMS Insurance player card giveaway away night huge yeah. for the collectors huge kids for the kids they, they love them right so you you go on in uh, the first 2500 fans will get a free uh, full complete set of uh, player trading cards then the week after that the 21st you got winnipeg blue bomber night so we're gonna break some news here we got zach caleros he's gonna be coming so we got to caleros coming along with the gray cup so it's gonna be a very cool night that night again wearing special winnipeg blue bomber jerseys they'll be auctioned off all the proceeds going to west band dreams for kids so uh, obviously get to meet a special guest get an autograph that night get to see the gray cup and all that kind of fun stuff and then the next night on the 22nd that is going to be paw patrol night so if you got kids you're into paw patrol if you got the family uh, i know it's on my house all the time so we're gonna have four members of the Paw Patrol there that night. We got the Paw Patrol theme bouncy houses and all the normal Saturday Kids specials. So the $5 Kids tickets, the $5 Kids concession specials. Uh, if you buy your ticket at the Keystone Center box office, you'll get that uh, the free voucher for a happy meal at McDonald's. It's going to be just a, an awesome night. But all four games have four big promotions. And coming off of a seven-game January on home ice, it's kind of nice to have the four to, to you know to, to plan and have the, the time spaced out, but especially because all four of them have big promotions with them. Yeah, and I think it's cool. I saw the... Um, first off, I want to touch on the the donation jerseys, the kidney donation, kidney foundation, uh, a special tribute this year as well. On the inside collar of yeah. the jerseys, uh, a tribute to Logan Boulay, who was on that uh, Humboldt Broncos bus that crashed uh, uh, on that highway in northern Saskatchewan. And he was the one player that donated his organs and created a huge, huge uh, kind of, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but uh, he, he basically 
increase the numbers of organ donation and organ donors across Canada uh, with his, uh, you know, donation of his organs. He had just turned 18, just signed his donor card just prior to the accident. So a special tribute to him on the inside collar of that jersey. And I know his family's been a real advocate of Green Shirt Day, increasing organ donation, signing your donor cards. Uh, more information can be found. Uh, just search Logan Boulay Effect on, on the Internet. So that's kind of cool. But I also saw the Bomber jerseys. Uh, Scooter showed me uh, the picture of what they look yeah. like. There has been a lot of cool Weeking jerseys in the past. Of course, the CFP Shiloh ones, the Cancer ones, but this Bomber one's super neat. The way they used the Weeking logo and the Bomber logo and tied it all together, uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I know there's a lot of football fans, and the fact that uh, the big guy, Zach Kalaros, and the Great Cup are going to be here as well, uh, really just... Uh, you know, adds to the uh, to the uh, home uh, ice advantage for Brand. Hopefully, a lot of fans come out and, and take part, pushing for the uh, playoffs here. Yeah, and with with how close this this, this division uh, is right now, uh, and every point being so important, only four home games. Hopefully, we'll see some bigger crowds out in February than we did the the post Christmas January because these are the ones to come on out and cheer the guys on for sure. Yeah, and of course, uh, a busy week. It all starts Friday. It's, it seems like a busy week because we've got the sportsman's dinner coming up this week as yep. well. Uh, that is officially sold out, but you can get on the waiting list in case someone backs out. There might be a couple of single tickets that pop available here this week, um, but uh, Bob McKenzie uh, will be in the house. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That's a big maybe. We say that, you know, yeah. if just to give you a little bit of hope. <laughs> but if you, did, if you didn't get your ticket, uh, yeah. you might be out of luck, but uh, Bob McKenzie will be here. All of that, of course, in support of the Education Fund. Um, Kelly Taylor as well, who's a hilarious comedian from yeah. Saskatchewan. Uh, and former, uh, former goalie as well. So, uh, as you heard Connor Gutenberg say, he's probably a bit of a nut bar because uh, that seems to be the theme with the goalies but uh, really looking forward to Thursday and then of course you got Friday Medicine Hat in town and then a couple days off before the team gets back out on the road that's it time now for us to uh, profile one of our prospects as uh, was one of the suggestions by the way keep the suggestions coming if you want to get a hold of us you can email us it's qweeklyharvest at gmail.com as the letter Q weeklyharvest at gmail.com this week the prospect report we are going to the kid from Russell Manitoba we got Tyson Zimmer, who right now out in Okanagan, and having a great year out there, Brandon. Yeah, he's the sixth overall pick this past year and uh, has really, you know, point-per-game player right now. 24 points in 27 games, 8 goals, 16 assists. Of course, last year uh, playing Bantam out in the Okanagan Academy, 52 points uh, in his previous year. Bantam in Parkland, 69 points in 34, year, uh, 34 games. So, you know the kid can play. He's growing. Uh, he's now up over 6 feet tall. Uh, he's getting heavier, too. He's in that 175, 180-pound range. So, uh, haven't been able to see him yet uh, get his call up and make his debut, but I imagine it's coming uh, soon. And uh, if if not, he's going to push for a spot next year uh, and uh, really look forward to seeing how he uh, progresses here the rest of the year. One of a number of great prospects that are coming up through the Weeking Pipeline. So Tyson Zimmer uh, from Russell, Manitoba, sixth overall pick, uh, 24 points in 27 games, just keeps racking it up. Well, here we go. It is a big week. we got Sportsman's Dinner Thursday and then, yeah, the uh, the four Weeking games in February. Uh <laughs> It's always fun when there's extra promos involved. There, there's a lot of extra work, but uh, when it gets to be this time of the year and your team's in it, this does not work at all. Like, this is this is one of the most exciting times of the year. It's it's a different feel this year, I think. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just... That's true, too. No, you're right. Something about coming to the rink now where every point matters and every single shift matters now. It's not like your team's been in it and clinched a spot and you're kind of coasting. It's not like your team's out of it and you're coasting. Right now, literally every shift matters, and it just makes you know my job more fun, your job more fun. It makes everybody come to the rink just to have that much more excitement, and uh, this should be a great run here. 
Thank you so much for tuning on in to this week of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. We will talk to you again next week, but hopefully we'll see you at the rink this Friday night. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wee Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wee Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest. Oh, 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 oh,